What's going on, Victory? How you doing this morning? Let me hear you. Wake up. It's Memorial Day weekend. Look, I know that uh, there's going to be a lot of partying, a lot of hanging out, a lot of fun over the next, what, 24 to 48 hours because of Memorial Day weekend, but I don't want for a second for us to miss the opportunity to take a second and acknowledge what this weekend is about for those that have lost family, have lost loved ones to defending our country. And so I just want to take a moment, I'm just going to pray for those families that have been impacted by that. My grandfather served, and so I know a little bit. Um, He did not pass away in duty, but I know a little bit of what that might be like, and I I don't dare say I know what it's like, but certainly want to take a moment and bring honor to it. So would you pray, for, pray with me? Lord, we thank you so much. You are so faithful. And God, this weekend being Memorial Day weekend, as a lot of people are going to celebrate it and have a good time, and there's nothing wrong with that. God, for those that uh, this time of the year brings pain, brings hurt, brings memories of loss, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would comfort them in the way, God, that only you can do. Your word says that the Holy Spirit is the comforter. And so that you would be that to those families and understanding purpose and plan you have for their life. And that, God, they would see that you are at work in their life for those who love him. God, you are in a good works. Bring comfort this weekend. We pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for doing that with me. My name is Troy. Me and my wife, Darla, get the incredible privilege to pastor this church. And if you're visiting with us this weekend, we want to say, first of all, welcome. So glad that you could join with us. Uh, After service, I get the opportunity to shake your hand and and put a name to a face. I'd love to meet you. love to connect a little bit more with you and tell you more about what's happening here at Victory. And as Malcolm said, Growth Track is certainly the place to jump in, learn what we're doing, learn your part and your purpose in this church and in this community. Um, I want to say one quick announcement. You'll hear kind of how this plays a little bit later, but as, as you hear, this is a series called Seven about how to hear the voice of God. And so with that, we are going to start a Saturday morning prayer time, at least for the summer. The school's out, and so we kind of have a little bit more ability in here. And we want to start uh, every Saturday, 830 to 9.30, okay? We'll we'll do our best to send it out to you as well. 8.30 to 9.30, we'll meet right here, and we will pray. It's not an agenda-driven meeting, and so if you can only come from 8.30 to 8.45, come on. If you can only come from 9.15 to 9.30, come on. We're just going to have music playing and be in here just visiting with the Lord. And, And here's why this is so important. We are a church that believes in application. We just believe in application. So I'm not going to sit here and tell you for eight weeks you need to hear the voice of God and not do my best to give you an opportunity to hear the voice of God. And you don't certainly need to be in here to hear God. You're going to learn a lot about that over the next eight weeks. But I wanted to provide an opportunity. I'll be here every Saturday just doing my best to hear his voice. And so those doors will be open. We'd love for you to come 830 to 930 and seek God's face. Amen, church. Also, my story at tnvictory.com, my story at tnvictory.com is a way that we get testimonies from you and what God doing in your life. And I just wanted to read a testimony from somebody. Uh, it's just so cool to see, again, what God's doing through, through you guys and through this church. And so this person said, for a few months, I have been in a dark place. You been there? <laughs> I have. A place where I had secrets, self-doubt, insecurities, bondage. I was in this place where the, world, the word greater sounded like a catchphrase, and I was the only one who couldn't catch it. Man, that's good. But then I had a moment, and I was fed up. I was so sick of listening to the enemy and his lies, but my mouth wouldn't open, and I allowed the enemy to keep his contact. I missed a few Sundays, so I knew that the best way to loosen up was to go watch the week that I missed, which happened to be Mother's Day. 
if you weren't with us that day, my wife preached, and, and ever since then, people have been asking me to resign as pastor of the church and let her lead, and so thanks a lot for that, Darla. Um, she went on to say, the Lord used Darla to remind me that the Word of God is my weapon. It's not that you don't know that as a Christian, it's just that when life gets you down, you go too long without, I love this, without stretching, and when you go to stretch, you're stiff. Mm. This person right here might need to be on staff. But, but when I opened my mouth and called out the enemy, that youthful joy was restored. And I spent two hours in full-blown worship, and I gained a sudden embracement for the place that I'm in. I could be bare in a desert and still have peace knowing and feeling the greatness comes from the creator of the entire universe and the heavenlies. Can we give God praise just for a moment? Man, thank you for your testimony. Thank you for those of you that are sending them in. We just get a great opportunity to read them and encourage people, and so it's awesome. It's, it's great to be in here. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to the book of Matthew chapter 3. If you don't, don't worry. We'll have all the scripture on the screen. We are, as a church, coming out of a series called Greater Things, and that's why in that testimony you heard her say that saying the word greater was like a catchphrase. We came out of a series, Greater Things, where we believe, based on John 14, 12, that God has greater for every one of us. And so we walked through for weeks on how to have greater faith. And then last week, it was such a special moment where we kind of got to put action to our words. And we all had these cards, and we wrote the very thing that we were wanting God to do greater in our lives through. And we wrote the thing that we were believing for, for the impossible. And people got down, and they came, and they put them in this jar, and the jar was filled. And I've already been praying over them, and I'm super excited about it. And God has given me a word for the fall that we'll come back together over these, and we'll bring those things out. And we're believing 2019 to be the year of the impossible. And and I, uh, just a series that God's put in my heart that's going to be called this, From Here to There. And it's going to be powerful. And so we'll bring those back out. But between now and then, we're praying over those things. We'll have those jars on Saturday, and people will be able to touch them and pray over them. It's just been a great, great thing. And so as we were moving out of that and into uh, the next series, I, I, I was praying, reading, and I'd gotten the book of Romans. And I read this, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And so I read that and it jumped off the pages to me because here we are as a church believing for greater faith, believing for faith in our families, believing for faith in our jobs, believing for faith in the ability to share the gospel, believing for faith in our community. And here I read, faith comes by hearing. And so when I read that, if, if my faith remains and my faith is built by hearing, then it must be important that you and I learn how to hear, Right? If faith comes by hearing, I better know how to hear God. And here's the interesting thing. Did you know that everybody in this room, look beside you, see who's in here with you. Look at them real quick. Get a good look. Some, you know, they're handsome. They're, if you're single, feel free to get a digit while we're doing this. Um, just one. Don't get all seven yet. You have to come back for the whole series. That's why the series is called Seven. You come all seven, we get you. That's just an ad lib for the Lord right there for you. All right. Um, you, listen, you. God has spoke to you. Did you know that? You're like, eh, maybe you, because you do that, but not me. God, God hasn't spoke to me. Yes, God has spoke to you. Matter of fact, God has spoke to you many times. Did you know that God speaks to you through nature? God speaks through nature. So if you've ever been on the lake and you've seen it and you go, man, I don't know what it is. I just love the lake. God's speaking to you. God speaks to you through mountains. He speaks to you in the ocean. He speaks to you through anything out in the nature. There's actually a verse, in case you ever wonder, if you've ever had that thought, why will people 
for hear the gospel, uh, you know, how, how is that fair for them? There's a verse in the Bible that says any, everybody will hear the gospel. If they don't hear it out of your mouth, they'll hear it through nature. They'll hear it through creation. So God speaks through his creation. Do you know God speaks through people? He speaks through people. He speaks through me to you. How many of you got a grandma or you got, a, you got somebody in your family, they just always got words of wisdom. God's speaking through them. God speaks through opportunities. I've been talking to somebody that, that goes to the church, and I'm waiting for his testimony, where God opened and closed some specific doors and opportunities, and God was speaking through that. God speaks through our desires. We're going to talk about that over the summer, how we've been taught that our desires are sinful. But God speaks through our desires. He speaks through promptings. You ever been out and felt like you needed to do something? You all of a sudden had a thought you wanted to do something for somebody? You wanted to buy them a gift card? You wanted to show them love? That's God speaking to you. God is constantly speaking. Do you know he speaks through pain? We're going to talk about that. Speaks through pain. God is constantly speaking. So listen, it's not not speaking. It's just often that our point of view of God is skewed, and so therefore we don't understand what he's saying. So God's speaking, but the point of view is misunderstood, so the text that we get from him is off. You ever got a text message before from somebody and totally took it the wrong way? Because you can't read their tone. So they send you a text and you're like, who do they think they're talking to? And they totally meant that in a good way, but you don't know that there's a skewed view on the point of view that you have, and so you're misunderstanding the text. A lot of us, we grow up in a religious home, or we grow up with parents or grandparents, or, or we go through life experiences, kind of like the pain we were talking about, and these things tend to create a point of view of God. And they, they, between the, the influence of people in our lives and through the religious uh, education that we have and between the experiences of life, we form this point of view of God, right? And after we get this point of view, so, so God ends up becoming a God of disapproval, right? Because I'm always told that God doesn't want me to do, he won't let me do. So God is this God of disapproval or uh, denial, right? This, I asked for this and this didn't happen. I wanted a family member to be healed and that didn't happen. So God is a God of denial. And then we always hear about scripture and how God's judging and he's judging. He don't want me to do, he won't let me do. And so we form this point of view of God. He's a disapproving, denying, judging God. And then watch what happens. This is the point of view of God So now everything that God tells us, everything that we receive from God has to come through this point of view. So it doesn't matter what he says. We see it through this point of view. Literally, the word of God comes our way. Or we hear God through somebody, right? Or we hear God through an experience or an opportunity. And we receive God through this point of view. And so therefore it skews what God is trying to say. So what God's saying may not be judgmental, it may not be denial, and it may not be disapproving, but because that's the point of view of God, that's the way we receive it. So listen, here was my thought. If you have a distorted distorted point of view of God, then you will never be able to fully understand what he's saying. So before we even jump into how to hear the voice of God, we need to get our point of view God, point of view of God fixed first. Amen? So we're going to do that. You ready? Okay. In Scripture, God, theologians say God probably spoke 
to or over Jesus thousands of times. But did you know that in Scripture, God only speaks to Jesus audibly, audibly twice? Did you know that? The first time is when Jesus is being baptized, Matthew chapter 3. And this is going to be the text that we really focus at today. And it says, as soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water. And at that moment, heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, watch this, this is my son whom I love with whom I'm well pleased. The second time God speaks audibly to Jesus is in the book of Matthew, chapter 17, while they're on their way to the Mount of Transfiguration, and watch this. After six days, Jesus took with him Peter, James, and John, the brother of James, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. There he was transfigured before them. All right, then we jump to verse 5. While he was still speaking, a bright cloud covered them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my son. Whom I love, with him I am well pleased. Now, wait a minute. Did the production mess that up? Did they, did they just copy and paste the verse? Or did Jesus just say the same, or did God just say the same exact thing twice? He speaks to Jesus, y'all, two times in the whole Bible. And he says the same thing both times. Maybe, just maybe, this is important. What if God knew that if you didn't have the correct view of him, it wouldn't matter what he says to you? And so he established a moment where the most important thing he could say would be the very sentence that could write the point of view that you have of God. So we're going to shape the point of view of God off of this, what he to Jesus. You ready? Number one, God is this. He's acceptant. He's a God of acceptance. Look at it. So the voice from heaven says that this is my what? Son. This is my son. He takes his son. He puts his arm around him. He's a part of the family. Come on in. You belong with me. There's a moment of acceptance. God's language for you and for me is acceptance. You are his daughter. You are his son. You are family. You belong. If you notice, when you walk into our church, you come in the doors, and you begin to make your way to the auditorium, if you open your eyes, you see a 20-foot-long banner that says, Welcome Home. Maybe we need to do a better job advertising that banner if only half of you see it. Either that or y'all texting as you walk into church. Welcome Home. Now, look. We're not disillusioned. We understand this isn't your house. We know you don't come here after work and make dinner and go to sleep. We understand that. That's not what we're trying to communicate. We're trying to communicate the very nature of God, the point of view of God, that he is a God of acceptance, that he's a God who says, you are my daughter, you are my son, you belong here, welcome home. This has to shape our point of view of God because if we understand that he's an accepting God, then it impacts everything else he says to us. Now, let me tell you my favorite part about this. God accepts Jesus before Jesus' activity. For example, if Jesus had turned water into wine and then God was like, that's my son, Right? 
it'd have been different. That was my boy. You know what I'm saying? We ain't got to go to Kroger no more. Red, white, red, white, just going through. Buy the water bottles and we'll just fill them all up, right? right? And if, if that would have happened and then God would have said, that's my son, that would have made sense for us. Or, or better yet, if um, when Jesus healed the blind people, if, if Jesus would, if, if, you know, he'd just been, you get an eye, you get an eye, you get an eye. You know what I mean? It'd have been like Oprah, just throwing eyes everywhere. That, then that would have made sense for God to be like, man, that's my son. That's my boy out there healing folks. That's my boy shooting Jay and my boy. Or what if, like, when he died and resurrected, that would have been a great moment for God to be like, hey, did you see that? Yo, Moses, you see that? <laughs> That's my boy. <laughs> That's my blood. <laughs> right? That would have been a great moment. That would have made sense. All of that would have made us go, okay, I get it. I get it. You know why? Because we are so used to finding acceptance based off of our activity. How many moments do we get of that a boy when we do something right? Man, if you hit that home run, that's my son. That's my son right there. Did you see him pitch that ball? That's my son. Right? Or that's my girl. Did you see her? Did you see her do that? Did you see her run that? Did you see her win that track race? Did you see her get that straight A? Did you see him get that straight A? That's my boy. That's my girl. That's my kid. And we're so used to being accepted based off of our activity. And I love that God accepts Jesus before there's any activity. Jesus had done nothing at that point. He was just literally being baptized and prepped for his ministry. God says, this is my son. Despite your activity, God looks at you and says, this is my daughter. Looks at you and says, this is my son. But you don't understand, it doesn't matter what you did. Because I gave you acceptance before your activity. Because listen, if we think our acceptance is granted based off of good activity, then that teaches us that when we do bad activity, we lose acceptance. Right? That's what that would teach us, is that every time I mess up, God distances himself. And he draws close when I'm a good boy. That's a real hard way to walk out my Christian faith. Because I don't know about you, but I mess up a lot more than I do well. And so if you're teaching me that theology, you're teaching me that God is playing hokey pokey with me. I got one foot in, I got one foot out. Are you good? Whoop! Are you bad? Whoop! It's a hard theology to take. And here's what I'm learning. That our identity isn't determined by our activity. You say, Troy, you just said that. No, no, no. You're missing the important word. Our identity is not determined by our activity. What are you talking about? Let me show you what it says in Ephesians, okay? If, if you fall asleep for the rest of the service, watch this, okay? His unchanging plan, his unchanging plan, which means he made this plan up before we did anything, before you were born, while they were yet sinners, Christ died. God made this plan before you were even in your mommy's tummy, God made this plan, and he stamped it as unchanging. We, we have a hard time with that word because there's nothing in our life that doesn't change. God said it's unchanging. There's nothing you can do to change this. His unchanging plan has always been to adopt you and to adopt me into his own what? Family. Welcome home. 
You belong. Adopt me into his own family. But look, how? By, everybody say by. Say bye-bye. Say bye-bye-bye-bye. No, okay. It's an sync joke. Y'all don't get it. Okay. Into his own family by sending Jesus Christ. He adopted us into his family by sending Jesus Christ to die for us. And he did this because he wanted to. Why did he do it? Did I? No, he wanted to, and that's how God rolls. Now, all praise to God for his wonderful kindness to us and his favor that has poured out upon us because we, are, we belong to his dearly loved son. Listen to my statement again. Our identity is not determined by our activity. Our identity was determined by his activity. Our identity was determined the moment Christ died. The moment Christ died for us, we were adopted into sonship. We were adopted into daughtership. We were adopted into the family. The moment Christ died on the cross, you belonged. Had nothing to do with what you did last night. Had nothing to do with whether or not you read your Bible all week. Had nothing to do with the fact that one day you did pray for two hours, but the next day you slept in. Had nothing to do with any of that. God accepted you simply because Christ died for you. Get that in your brain. He is a God of acceptance. And as long as you think God is a God of disapproval, then when he speaks to you, you will hear it incorrectly. But when you can establish him as a God of acceptance, when he speaks to you, you see it clearly. Make sense? He's a God of acceptance. Number two, he's a God of affection. This is my son, acceptance, whom I love, affection. God is love, people. He's love. The Bible says it. He is love. It, he doesn't show love. He doesn't walk in love. He doesn't sweat love. He is love, okay? When you see love, it's God. If you love your wife, that's God. If you love anybody, it's God. Love is God, right? Love is God. Love is God. He doesn't shy away from this. If you read Scripture, you see him constantly saying how much he loves you. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. We'll wear the verse, but we don't listen to it. God so loved the world. Yet, for some reason, am I wrong? Or does it seem like God has become more known for what he disapproves than what he loves? Right? I think our entire life is a battle between two voices. Y'all remember, I don't know if when y'all were growing up, if y'all ever see those cartoons or whatever, and they had a little devil right here on this shoulder, and they had a little, little like angel on this shoulder, and it was that constant back and forth thing, right? I, I think there's some, some, some truth to that. I, I think we walk through life with two voices. I think we have God's voice, and I think we have the enemy's voice, constantly speaking, constantly, 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 constantly. And I think God's voice, watch this, is a voice of affection. I love you. I knit you together in your mother's womb. I had plans for you to prosper. I know how many hairs are on your head. I have more thoughts about you than there are grains of sand in the world. You know that's a verse, right? right? So just constant affection, affection. The enemy has a voice of condemnation. You're not good enough. You messed up again. You're never going to be able to do it. That's your problem. Mm, too short. And it's a constant back and forth. And the, the, the goal here is to be able to discern between the two voices, right? Because watch this. We're shaped by the voice 
we choose to listen to the most. Love, 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 love. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. Both voices speak, but the ears decide. The other day, I was on Facebook, and I was seeing this, this certain statement. Everybody was talking about it. I didn't even know what they were talking about. And finally, a friend of mine who's a pastor, uh, he, he said a statement that kind of caught me off guard and got me a little worried. And here's what it said. It said, Laurel is splitting my house down the center. I started praying. I said, Lord, rebuke Laurel. Get Bathsheba, Jezebel, get her out of there. Who was her problem? And then I found out there's this thing going around. Y'all seen this, this video? And it's a, it's a, it's a debate. You hear this audio sound, and the question is, what do you hear? Do you hear the word Laurel when they say it, or do you hear the word Yanny when they say it, right? That, that's what they're asking. What do you hear? I thought it'd just be fun to try it out, right? Let's just see. We got a lot of people in here. Let's just, so listen to it, and then I'm going to ask the question, all right? So let's go ahead and play it. Laurel. Everybody be quiet. Laurel. 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 I don't think it's either one. Laurel. 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 You got it? Okay. Here we go. How many of you heard the word Laurel? Raise your hand. All right. Put your hands down. All of God's people, the rest of you. How many of you heard Yanny? I'm worried about us, (laughs) y'all. So how many heard Laurel? Put it up. How many heard Yanny? Isn't that crazy? Isn't this crazy? Okay, hold on, hold on. Did you hear Laurel? And you heard Yanny? Is this wild? They're sitting beside each other. They are sitting, they are holding. Were y'all holding hands a minute ago? I'm sorry, I don't want to just, can't, am, am I prophesying? We gonna get, y'all married? Oh, praise God, right? Hopefully this will help later on, not hurt later on. I got you, brother. I'm married too. I got you. Um, all right, so. They're sitting beside one another, and one hears Laurel, and one hears Yanny. This is what's, it's, it's like going over the nation. There are people, and I can be honest, because I've listened to this a lot of times, so much that I think I'm going to name my next children Laurel and Yanny, which y'all know ain't true, because I ain't having no more kids. Uh, but I think I heard Laurel a couple days ago. I think I heard something totally different a couple days ago. And listen, this is how it works all of the time, Right? We can be walking with somebody, standing beside them, and we hear God one way, and they hear something totally different. Am I right? We can hear God one day and hear the enemy the next. We can be walking in all this confidence and boldness that God loves us on a Sunday evening and on Monday morning be staring at the mirror wondering, why are we even alive? It's the ability to hear one and the other. The question is, what do you here. When I thought about that, I immediately went to Genesis chapter 2, where it all began. You've got Adam and Eve, right? You've got man, you've got God's creation of man, and then, of course, you've got the enemy. You've got the garden scenario. This is how it all started. And I wanted to ask you this question. What do you hear? Watch this. The Lord God commanded the man, talking to Adam, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. What do you hear? 
Do you hear a loving parent when you hear you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil? Do you hear a loving parent trying to stop you from experiencing less than what he has for you? Hence, a mom who would say, don't touch the iron, or a dad who would say, don't put your fingers near the lawnmower. You know what I mean? Or do you hear this God who's controlling, trying to keep you from having fun? What do you hear? You see what I mean? God can say one thing. And how our point of view shapes what he says. I didn't think about this till most recently. Do you notice that from, okay, Satan had a plan to totally ruin God's agenda. And the plan was all focused on the ability to affect their point of view of God. Let me show you what I mean. God said, do not eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, or you, you, will, certainly must, you will certainly die. Satan comes to Eve, who wasn't even there, by the way, just heard about it from Adam. Side note sermon, it's our responsibility to help set the point of view that other people have of God. Y'all ain't ready for that sermon yet. So Satan comes over and goes, hey, 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 Eve, what you doing, girl? Did you hear Laura? I heard Yanny. What your name is? Um, um, uh, did God really say don't eat from any tree in the garden? And she's like, uh, I don't think that's what he said. That's my Eve voice. I'm sorry. I think he said I can't eat from that tree. And, he, and, and it's, what, it's what Satan said. He said, no, here's the deal. God just doesn't want you to be like him. And he began to shape her point of view of God. So when God said it, his point of view was a loving father of affection. You can have anything you want, but you can't have this. If you have children, you've been in this place. You can have anything you want, but you can't have that. Why? Because you'll die. You can't eat that. It's not, it's glue. You know what I mean? Like you can't, come on, I'm trying to, I love you. And when the point of view of God is affection, when he says something, you see it through that point of view. But Satan's only agenda is to fog up our point of view so that when God says things to us, we go, huh, he just don't want me to be like him. He's judgmental. he's, He's denying me of everything I want. He's so disapproving. And God is speaking purpose and hope and life and future over you. And it's coming through a filter and a point of view that is incorrect. And so therefore, your words are distorted. And God is speaking to you, but you misunderstand what he says. And the only way that you can truly understand his voice is to know his heart. Let me show you what I mean. Um... If you could go back in time to when I was a child and you could listen to the conversations that were happening in my house, you would think that you would need to call the police on my parents, some of the stuff they said to me. Now, but you're like, I don't know if I'm supposed to laugh. Is he? And so before my parents freak out because they listen to podcasts, it's not that they were saying anything that your parents didn't say. It's just the things they said, when you really look at it, were pretty bad. I'm going to give you some examples, and I'm going to see how many of you can finish my sentence, okay? So I'm going to start saying things they would say to me, 
and we'll see if you can finish it. Are y'all ready? Okay. Here'd be one of the things they'd say to me. If you don't stop crying, I'm going to give you something to cry about. Yo, that's abuse. You ever thought about that? I'm already crying. What are you, what are you going to do to me? Are you going to beat me? You know what I mean? Like, what is that? I am nine. What are you going to do to me? If you heard that in the wrong context, they're going to jail. You know what I mean? Like, if I'm crying, I'm all, hold me, right? Hug me something, you means. Yeah. Um, next, um, let's see. Let's go with this one. I will wash your mouth out with soap. Can we talk about that for a second? That doesn't sound sanitary, and it doesn't sound healthy. Matter of fact, I think my, the, my parents' generation put that on me, and it's now my fault that the generations under me are eating Tide Pods. <laughs> think about it. Am I right? It's just soap, y'all. They just took it literally and ran with it. Like, what are you doing? Stop eating soap. Like, that was a moment for me where I'm like, Mom, really? You really? I don't even brush my teeth all the time. You're going to put soap down my mouth? Like, that just doesn't sound biblically correct. You know what I'm saying? So, I don't know. All right, how about this one? Um, this one might be a little bit more distant for some of you. Here's a quarter. Call someone who cares. I'm calling DHS is who I'm calling. Call someone who cares. What does that mean? And here's what I love about this statement is I can actually judge your age by this statement. Watch. If your statement is, here's a quarter, call someone who cares, you're my age. If your statement is, here's a dime, call someone who cares, <laughs> you're a little bit older, you know what I'm saying? Uh, or if you're right now going, why would we have to pay to call somebody? <laughs> then you are young and I don't like you, okay? Because you are in a world where you don't even know what a payphone is. Um, but once again, all right, and here's my favorite, favorite one, and bless parents' hearts. I've also learned, by the way, that now I say all of these same things. Um, I brought you into this world. I can take you out. Y'all, that's murder. That's what that is. That is flat-out murder. What is happening? We were raised in households where they were saying that kind of stuff to me. But, but here's what I know, and you would testify to this. I was never worried for my life. Were you? Some of you might have been. I don't know your parents. Some of you are like, oh, thank goodness that ain't no more. I was never worried for my life. There was never a moment where I said, you know what? I think any minute now I'm going to wake up and there's going to be soap down my throat. Like, there was never a moment. I wasn't worried about my mother taking me out and, and killing me. I wasn't worried about these things. And here's why I wasn't worried about these things. I knew their heart. And when you know their heart you can understand their voice. And it's the same thing with God. When you know his heart, you can better understand his voice. So before we ever try to hear God, what is the point of view in which we need to hear him through? Acceptance, affection, affirmation. This is my son, acceptance, whom I love, affection. And with him, I am well pleased. Affirmation. I think it's interesting that we all need affirmation. If you don't think you need affirmation, get married. You'll find out. I'm still finding out that my wife needs affirmation on a daily basis. And she tells me often in a loud voice, if you know what I mean, right? And she's not preaching. Um, you learn these processes. I I've learned as a child you need affirmation. Have you noticed 
And, and for, how many of y'all have children? All right, have you noticed that even at a very young age, they'll come to you for affirmation? They'll bring to you the coloring page. Mommy, look what I colored. And you're like, is that space? What is, I don't, it's a frog. Like, it looks like three lines. What is, you know, but you have to affirm them. They're already looking for affirmation. And we are always looking for affirmation. New York Times put out an article and they said this. They said you should start speaking affirmation over your children when they're babies. They even went on to say you should start speaking affirmation over them when they're in the womb. Crazy. They said, moms, dads, get, you know, it might be hard for mom to get to the belly, but dad, get to the belly and start speaking affirmation over them. Hear those words. That must be something God put in us. And here's what I understood. If God put a need in us, then he already had the plan to fulfill the need, right? He proved it to me in the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah is a prophet. And God says to this, to him, this right here, and I thought it was powerful. I knew you before you were formed. I knew you before you were formed. Within within your mother's womb. Watch this. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Wow. And appointed you as my spokesman to the world. Jeremiah is in the womb. And God is speaking and affirming him. You are a spokesman to the world. I have sanctified you. I have set you apart. I have given you purpose. God is affirming you even before you were born. I'm convinced, and look, this isn't, I'm not a scientist, so I can't go down that route, but I'm convinced the reason why we yearn for affirmation when we're born is because we had been affirmed for nine months through God. We had been affirmed before we were ever brought into the womb. God had given us a spirit of affirmation, and so we come out looking for it. What? Uh-uh. I done heard a, verse for, a voice for nine months telling me I was sanctified and I was a spokesman. Somebody talked to me. Look at this picture. I'm supposed to change the world. Surely I can draw a crayon, right? We look for affirmation. And here's what I love about God. He's already left a bunch of affirmations. It's all throughout here. You can look at Proverbs where he left one for every day. You can go through the Gospels and see how he spoke to disciples, and in his mind he was speaking to us. All throughout, from beginning to end, he was speaking affirmations over you and I. But it's a time for us to be able to start listening to it through that point of view. I, uh, some of y'all know this about me. I go to the gym at the Y pretty much every day. And when I get there, I'll go up to the track, and I like to just get away for 30, 45 minutes and pray and kind of get my mind right for the day. It's, it's my time to just check in with the Lord. And I have these things right here. Do you know what these are? It's the new Apple phone. You put it up. I'm kidding. These are called AirPods. And so you, it's a wireless ear thing. You put it in. And I can play music on my phone, and I can walk. If I turn it up loud enough, I just, so I'll be in my zone, right? I think I've told y'all before, when I met Miss Nina, we met at the gym, she was in front of me, she had her headphones in, and she was like this right here. That's going to be important in a minute, and if you don't shout when I get to that point in a minute, you better be ready. You better be ready. All right, so I'm walking through, and look, y'all, it's the YMCA. There's a bunch of people there, a bunch of retired people there. 
And so you get some older ladies and some older men walking. And I don't know if you know this about retired older men and women, but they like to talk, okay? They like to talk a lot. And so I'm, I'm up here, you know, I got my, and it's, it's you know, it's blowing and, um, you know, there's no mountain you won't climb up, mountain you won't climb up, running after me. And I'm just walking with all this focus, you know. And sometimes people start talking to me. It's funny because I see them to be like, and I'm like, what? No, okay. Go right back to walk. Right, and, I'm just, nah, 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 nah. and there's people everywhere. There'll be people walking past me. I don't run. I walk really slow. Matter of fact, I had my daughter with me Saturday. She said, Daddy, can you walk fast? I said, No, I'm in the presence of God. We don't move fast. All right, stay still. And so I'm walking. People are going around me. One day, y'all, one day, my AirPods were dead. And by the time I got to the gym, I didn't have a backup plan. So I was like, Man, well, whatever. You know, I don't need music, right? I'm an instrument to the Lord. I can just worship. And so I get up there. I'm turning my corner. All of a sudden, I'm walking. All of a sudden, you're like, yeah, and then she was telling me, like, oh, my goodness. And I was like, you better get out of my face. That is so crazy. And she just, these two ladies walk right past me. I'm like, man, continue. You guys come by. Man, I cooked that steak the other day. That sucker was bleeding. It was moving on the plate. You know what I'm saying? And I'm just like, what is happening right now? And so I'm all distracted. And I finally got to the point where I was like, I can't do this can't do this. I, I have to be able to have something in my ears, right? There has to be a moment where I'm, there's something going into me that may not be going into anybody else. See what I'm saying? The reason why Miss Nina was doing this is because she was hearing something nobody else was hearing. You picking me up? There was a for her where something was going inside that nobody else was experiencing. So somebody might have tried to judge her by what they were seeing, but they weren't hearing what she's hearing. There's a moment of affirmation and what we have to do spiritually, church, listen to me, is we have to spiritually, these are not real, but imagine that they are, put something into our mind that on repeat. Any of y'all listen to songs on repeat? They're just good over, over. Here has to be the song. You ready? This is the jam for the summer. If you need a summer jam and you're looking, don't go look at Cardi B. Don't go look at Drake. Don't go look at somebody in the country world. Listen, this is the summer jam. You ready? Hey, can you give me a beat? Can you give me a beat? Just, I don't care. I don't care. This is going to be hilarious, but just do it anyway. Okay. Um, Tim, can I hand you these before I break them? Okay. Um, all right. Here's the case. Here's the miniature iPhone. Here. All right. Give me, give me, Oh, upbeat. Give me some little upbeat. It's summer. It's summer. You know, summer, summer, summer time. Sit back and unwind. Right? Okay. Give me some. They're not hip enough. All right. Uh. Hey, give me some. Give me some. You good? You good? Okay. Watch this. This is going to get ugly. What's happening right now? How, how many of y'all get in the car in the summer? You're like, Here's the jam. I tell you what, you can stop. I, y'all messed me up. You can stop. I need some, I need some, you know, I'm a rapper. I need some of that kind. Uh, here's, here, here's the summer jam. You ready? Here's the summer jam. This is my son, whom I love, and with him I'm well pleased. This is my daughter, whom I love, and with her I'm well pleased. This is my son, whom I love, and with him I'm well pleased. And it's on replay over and over and over and over and over. And when you start looking at the thing you wrote on that paper last week and you start to doubt that God's faithful, you'll remember, I'm son. 
and he loves me. And with me, he's well pleased. And because he's acceptant, and because he has affection, and because he gives me affirmation, I can stand on what God in my life. And listen, when that starts becoming, because it might take a little bit, but when that starts to become normal, let me show you what you're going to look like to everybody else that's operating with that point of view. You're going to be like, walking amongst all the people that don't see it the way you see it. There has to come a moment. All right, I'm running out of time. Y'all ain't know I was about to turn into Cinderella on y'all. Y'all ain't ready. While we're waiting, what a great moment to promote Window World. Simply the best for less, okay? So make sure you get a window from Window World. Watch. I'm sorry, y'all. You got to get this. You got to get this. Can y'all see that? Can you see it? I'll cut it better words, but you know what I mean. When you start to establish the right point of view and you establish it of acceptance and affection and affirmation, then every time God speaks something to you, it's coming through the point of view of acceptance and affirmation and affection. And it doesn't matter if he says yes, and it doesn't matter if he says no, because no matter what he says, you see it as acceptance and as affection and as affirmation. And when you don't understand what he's saying, you know regardless of what he's saying, it's got to be coming through acceptance and affirmation and affection. And listen, now that we understand the correct point of view, we are ready to hear from God. Amen, church? Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word over our lives. This is my son, whom I love, and with whom I am well pleased. God, I love to speak that over my children, and you love to speak that over us. And so I pray this morning that everybody in this room would really receive that, really receive it, You are my daughter, whom I love, and with whom I'm well pleased. Would you do me a favor right now? You're going to repeat after me, and you're going to to put in daughter or son, depending on whether you're male or female. But say this. Say, I'm his son, whom he loves, and with me, he's well pleased. I don't know that we struggle so much with the first two as much as we do the last one. Say it again. With me, he is well pleased. God, I'm so ready to hear from your mouth over the next eight weeks. Promises that you put in my heart that I believe you're going to speak to me. Healings, rededications, salvations, refocusing of purpose, greater things to my marriage and my family and my life. And you're going to speak those promises to me over the next eight weeks, but God, I've got to make sure that my point of view is right. And that when you speak, I hear it in either one of three categories. You're either going to speak it as affirmation, you're either going to speak it as affection, or you're going to speak it 
as acceptance. God, we give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said,